Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. Professor Jeffrey Sachs uh, joins us from Columbia University. Professor, uh, just to sort of reintroduce all of this, you and I were chatting uh, about your own uh, research on the origins of uh, COVID and any genetic manipulation or political manipulation that may have um, in, in, caused the general perceptions of uh, of COVID when we had internet problems. And a lot of people got to see the edited version, but a lot more would prefer the more complete version. So here we are. We will then segue into your general impressions of President Biden and of President Zelensky since you were there uh, at the UN this week. So let's start with your views on the origins of COVID. Now, you are not a virologist, you are not an MD, you are a world-class economist, you are one of the smartest people I know, and you've done some research on your own. Well, I headed a commission, uh, a commission uh, that was for a medical journal, uh, the uh, British medical journal Lancet. Uh, We had uh, 28 commissioners and we had 10 task forces, and one of them was looking into the COVID origins. So it was in a context of pretty intensive work on this, uh, where I reached out to a lot of the scientific community, got a lot of good tutorials about uh, what uh, uh, might uh, be the origin of the virus. And uh, I have a lot of experience in how governments work, uh, having advised dozens and dozens of governments around the world. So uh, all of this is to say, uh, in, in a nutshell, the odds are that this virus was a uh, virus that was genetically manipulated in the laboratory uh, to uh, increase uh, its transmissibility and that it escaped accidentally from the laboratory. From which laboratory, Professor Sachs? It probably escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, most likely, but it may have been created in a U.S. laboratory because viruses get sent all over the world. And the research that was underway was a U.S.-funded joint U.S.-China research program. So it could have been created in the United States. It could have been created in China. 
It was funded most likely by the National Institutes of Health, uh, the uh, specifically Tony Fauci's unit, the National Institute for Allergies and Infectious Disease. I just got to stop you right here. Yeah. It would be, in your view, inconceivable that Dr. Fauci would not know about this. Inconceivable. Well, he certainly knows that what I'm saying, uh, that it may well, and I think likely, came out of a laboratory. Uh, without doubt, he knows that. Uh, and without doubt, he was worried about that fact from the very beginning. And without doubt, he participated in a narrative creation to tell us that it could not be so or was unlikely to be so. So he knew from the beginning that something bad out of U.S. government-backed research may have happened. It is possible, by the way, and I, I can explain in detail, it's possible that they really don't know for sure uh, what happened because one scenario is that a U.S.-funded, U.S.-China program ended up being completed by China in ways that we don't know. But there's another scenario that is quite possible, and that is that we do know and that the government has uh, covered it up as it does so many other things. So, so you, Dr. Fauci testified under oath numerous times. Dr. Fauci advised the president of the United States, Donald Trump at the time, numerous times. And you're suggesting that the narrative he gave under oath and to the president was false and created and deceptive. I have no idea what he said to the president, but I can say what he said to the Congress was absolutely deceptive uh, and uh, was not forthcoming and did not explain the fears that scientists had behind the scenes and that they had, even as they were telling us that it was nearly certain that it came from nature, they were not telling us their own fears. We only learned about their fears by Freedom of Information Act releases of uh, partially redacted or non-redacted emails and Slack messages and other social media. And we also learned a lot uh, about what the US government was doing in this sphere that they never told us about. And we learned about that by uh, whistleblowers uh, who posted things on websites, including most importantly, posting a, an absolutely shocking document, uh, which was a uh, research proposal being made to the Defense Department to do very dangerous experimentation on SARS viruses that is uh, said to have been rejected by the Defense Department, but laid out a scenario of how this virus precisely may have been created. And that was in 2018. And the virus showed up sometime around uh, September or October 2019. Do you believe that any Americans were engaged in genetic manipulation, which produced this virus? I think it's very, very possible, yes. And do you believe that uh, Dr. Fauci must have known about that? Well, he funded a research program for many years 
we don't really know the full extent and the full purpose of it. But there was an active research program to study and manipulate SARS-like viruses. It's, by that, I mean a class of viruses called sarbacoviruses, which are in a bat populations related to the original SARS outbreak in 2003-04 in principally China and East Asia. After that outbreak, that's a, a coronavirus, a but a specific uh, type of coronavirus. After that, there was a lot of scientific research, much of it funded by the U.S. government. And from already 2005, scientists were trying to understand how this type of virus might become even more dangerous because the fact about SARS was that it killed uh, a lot of people. Uh, uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but in the low thousands, uh, but it didn't spread like a pandemic. And so already back in 2005, 2006, there were scientific experiments to see what would make such a virus more transmissible. And there was a focus on a particular part of the genetics of the virus already back to 2005, 2006 that, that plays a major role all the way through to the emergence of the virus. Technically, uh, it's a piece of the uh, genetic code that is called a furin cleavage site. So it's uh, a, a way that the spike protein, which we came to know about, gets divided up so that the virus can enter the cell. And in uh, nature, no sarbacovirus, none of these SARS-like viruses of the uh, hundreds that have been uh, found and identified has ever been found with a furin cleavage site. But back in the uh, early 2000s, it was discovered that if such a sequence uh, of the RNA were actually in the genetic code, it would make it much more infectious because it's right. a way that viruses enter the cell, thereby causing the infection. So there was a lot of interest in this specific uh, issue uh, called uh, uh, a protease cleavage site for 15 years. How and, does... lo, and lo and behold, Judge, if I could uh, just, the, the shocker, the biggest shock of all of this was in uh, 2021, uh, late in 2021, I believe, uh, a whistleblower posted this proposal, research proposal online that blew everyone's mind because uh, it said in this proposal, which was a proposal that linked the University of North Carolina, where there's a brilliant lead researcher on coronaviruses with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the following. It says that the Wuhan Institute of Virology has collected more than 180 previously unreported SARS-like viruses, and that this research project will test those viruses, examine their properties, and test them for transmissibility. And one of the things that it will do is to see whether there is a furin cleavage site in the virus 
And if there isn't, it will insert a furin cleavage site in order to examine whether that would increase its transmissibility. Now, this is uh, like... Well, that's, the gen- that's the genetic manipulation. That, that is exactly the code book for making SARS-CoV-2. Wow. Because SARS-CoV-2 is a SARS-like virus that has a furin cleavage site, the likes of which have never been seen before in any other SARS-like virus. Who and in they, the United States government knew about this, and what role did the CIA play? So, uh, in terms of this original research, there is a group of virologists that have been engaged in this kind of genetic manipulation, uh, centered at University of North Carolina. It's a... Uh, It's brilliant work, let me say, from a technical point of view, uh, because they were able to create what they called a reverse genetic system that could do the following, if you really want to just (laughs) understand the, uh, the manipulative power that the scientists have right now. This SARS-like virus, and I'll get to the answer, but I just want to explain how, uh, powerful uh, this work is. You're, this, you're captivating, so please this, continue. This, this SARS-like virus, and specifically SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that causes COVID, has 30,000 base pairs or nucleotides. And these are these letters, the A, G, C, T, uh, that are coding the genetic code. And it's 30,000 long. And people will know the double helix. It's those letters which are nucleic acids which code for the the genes uh, of this virus. What this scientist, Ralph Barrick, who's the lead of the laboratory at UNC, developed brilliantly was the capacity to be given a list of 30,000 letters like A, A, G, C, A, G, G, A, A, C, C, A, and so forth, 30,000 times, just as a list of letters, not as a biological entity, and turn it into an actual live infectious virus. That's pretty yeah. amazing. He could construct not only the, uh, the gene, but make it actually insert it into a cell and then have the cell machinery produce the viruses harvest the viruses, and then show that they are infectious in human tissue. So he was creating new SARS-like viruses. It's amazing. And he had an approach, has an approach, called creating a consensus virus, where if you're given, for example, 10 different SARS-like viruses, nine of them may have an A in the 18th location, and one of them has a G in that location, that is a slight difference in the genetic code, he'd say, well, the consensus in that 18th place is an A, and then mm. go to the 19th place, and right. maybe the, get, the consensus to... is a G. And just, to, I, I know, I don't want to go you know, overboard, but uh, just to say, he not only could bring a virus to life, but he could create a kind of virus never seen before, and he could insert a furin cleavage site in that virus. Now, why would he do that? Because he knew better than probably any other scientist in the entire world that 
introducing that furin cleavage site would most likely make the virus more infectious, more transmissible. And he was very interested in what would make such viruses more dangerous, more transmissible, uh, more infectious. So that was the cookbook. Now, who knew about that? I'm, I'm sure, of course, the virologists, the funders, uh, which is uh, NIAID, Tony Fauci, uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and so on. When this uh, uh, pandemic first appeared, the first thing that the scientists looked at, they almost went straight to this specific site. You have 30,000 letters but they went to three of them right away and said, whoa, how did that furin cleavage site get in there? And when the a group of scientists was originally canvassed privately by Fauci, uh, they said, one of them said, I don't see how nature does that. And another said, whoa, uh, you know, so I'm paraphrasing, but 60-40 out of a lab. You know, only 40% of the nature. We've never seen that before. And so this was a, an alarm bell ringing to see that there. And it was an alarm bell not only because a furin cleavage site would make the virus more dangerous, but because these insiders knew that's an object of intense research. That's an object of study. That's an object of lab manipulation. Okay, tell me how the CIA gets involved in this. The CIA gets involved when it is asked to examine the question of where this virus came from. And uh, when uh, there were early reports, and it's unclear to me exactly what kind of uh, uh, investigation was done in 2020, but when uh, President Biden came in, he called for the intelligence community to look at this question, where did this virus come from? Of course, the public has never seen, nor has the scientific community ever seen, the basis of any conclusions or the kind of data that were made or the interviews or the lab records that were or were not collected. We've never seen any of it. But what we did see was about two pages, uh, a two-page note that said that there's some division, the FBI and the Department of Energy, which runs scientific laboratories, so that's why DOE is in this, lean towards a lab possibility, whereas other agencies, including the CIA, lean towards natural or conclude overwhelmingly likely natural. So the CIA was apparently on the side of uh, natural release until a couple of weeks ago when- When, when a, what a, happened? A whistleblower came forward to the House Committee of uh, Oversight, which is investigating this. And this is just a, in adding parentheses, fascinating. The Democrats won't touch this in either house. Mm. It's amazing. They've turned this into a partisan issue, which is so absurd. What could be less partisan than the question of where a pandemic that killed 
an estimated 18 million people actually came from, but they turned it into a partisan issue. So the House, which has a majority Republican, took on the investigation in the Senate. They won't touch this because the Democratic-controlled Senate absolutely blocks. I don't, I don't know how this could become partisan, but but let's put I that agree. aside. Okay, put it what aside. What did the CIA whistleblower say? Did he say that other CIA people were lying? That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yes, he said that uh, we concluded... Now... This is from a press release of the House Investigation Committee. We've not seen the CIA agent. We've not seen testimony. We've not seen anything other than the press release by the committee, which is called now for further witnesses. But the statement by the committee is that a whistleblower has come forward to claim that the original seven members of the CIA investigating committee had leaned, I believe it is six to one in favor of laboratory uh, leak as the most likely explanation. And this uh, whistleblower is claiming that his colleagues were bribed with substantial payments by the CIA to reverse their conclusion. The CIA bribed its own agents. That is what is being alleged. Wow. John uh, Ratcliffe, you may know him, uh, was the director of national intelligence, I think, in the last year or 18 months of the uh, Trump administration, had a piece uh, in the Wall Street Journal's editorial page Tuesday saying essentially what you just uh, said and suggesting how reprehensible it is. Now, if this happened, it happened under his watch. He didn't know about it. Uh, But here you have the director of national intelligence warning the American public of the dangers of a CIA that can bribe its own agents to make uh, certain statements. Where did the CIA even get the confidence? I thought they were spies who steal information. Where did they even get the confidence to make a determination Uh, about the origins of COVID? We do not know what the government has or has not investigated. Those of us on the outside, and there are a group of scientists that have been really rattling uh, the cage for years saying, show us data, evidence, lab books, let scientists look at this. This is a scientific question. This isn't a partisan question. 
This is a scientific question, but we haven't seen the details other than what has been uh, garnered by uh, leaks, whistleblowers, and Freedom of Information Act accounts. Professor, Professor Sachs, you should testify before that uh, committee. I don't know that the committee members have an understanding uh, of the way you just explained this. I just want to switch gears. We only have a few minutes left. You were at the UN uh, most of this uh, week. The two most talked about uh, speeches were President Biden's and President Zelensky's. I think you were physically present in the General Assembly when President Biden spoke. Your impressions, first of President Biden, how his Russia is the monster that must be stopped argument resonated, and your impression, secondly, uh, of President Zelensky and his it's Russia against the world and you have to join us argument resonated. You know, in both cases, uh, I don't think this argument uh, has any chance uh, in, uh, in, in the world community. Most of the world sees this as a proxy war between the United States and Russia. Most of the world does not see this as Vladimir Putin in a, uh, uh, in, in a fit of uh, delusion, believing that he's Peter the Great, uh, woke up one day and decided that it was uh, necessary to uh, invade Ukraine. Most of the world sees this as a battle, a contest between the U.S. and Russia for political and military influence or even control in Ukraine. And most of the world wants that battle between the two biggest nuclear superpowers to stop. So I don't think that either President Biden or President Zelensky made any headway uh, in swaying the 80% of the world population that says, would you stop the fighting? You're hurting everybody. You're endangering everybody by getting them to take sides. Zelensky, of course, comes uh, with uh, in, in the context of both a failed, disastrously failed counteroffensive of the last three months, a, a completely unrealistic uh, claim uh, that Ukraine is going to defeat Russia on the battlefield and push Russia out of uh, every a bit of territory, uh, but also with a, a, a absolute uh, rejection of uh, negotiations other than on this uh, uh, completely uh, uh, unrealistic line. So I don't think Zelensky also made any headway or had much credibility. He, he did not speak to a packed hall. Uh, I wasn't there by then, but a lot of others weren't there by then either. Uh, and uh, the reports are that uh, it's a pretty forlorn Zelensky right now because uh, the claims, I think, pumped into him by U.S. generals, often who do this, uh, told him all the wonderful things that were going to happen and nothing wonderful happened except uh, the massive number of deaths uh, of his countrymen uh, in uh, recent weeks. Uh, so he couldn't carry any credibility in these claims other than what they now say is, well, we're in this war for years and people don't want to be in a war for years. This war is dangerous. 
It's costly. It's bleeding Ukraine. Uh, it's killing Ukrainians and uh, in, in massive numbers. They're not winning. Uh, they're not going to defeat Russia. Uh, in fact, this was quite clear to objective observers, not uh, uh, those uh, listening to American spin, but to objective observers for a very long time and observers that, and people that you have interviewed, Judge, repeatedly, who have been very clear about this point. And it's uh, playing out just as uh, those uh, people said, that, who said, don't listen to the U.S. propaganda, to the U.S. narrative, to the U.S. spin. Look at reality. And the reality I want to play. I want to play a clip of someone whom I have not interviewed, although I've met him many times, uh, and who accepts uh, the U.S. spin. And I want to play the clip because it's almost slapstick. I don't know if you've seen this. This is President Zelensky shaking hands with Majority Leader, Majority Leader Senator, Senate Majority Leader Senator Chuck Schumer. Watch this. Thank you so much. We are in your corner. <laughs> I've never seen a bow like that. And of you course, the, we are awful. in your we are in your corner as a double entendre because because Zelensky painted himself into a corner, and Joe Biden and this crazy foreign policy is more or less in a corner that they can't get out of. And what McConnell said, because we saw McConnell there as as well. Uh, Did you hear with, what he with, said? Because I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, what, what what McConnell said? Because I I read it uh, today. I uh, didn't hear it on this tape, but what he said. I uh, maybe standing up at a podium afterwards was uh, you're fighting the good fight. And and this is America's fight. It shows China that we are standing strong. Oh, and I, I, I went to look. There is one after another. Senator Blumenthal is another one. Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut. Mitt Romney is another yes. one who literally say this is good value for America because it shows China how strong we are. Right. It's how money well spent because we're killing Russians and they're not killing Americans. That That's the stated differently version of this. Yes. And I could never have imagined in a million years, frankly, that uh, the mass deaths and destruction of Ukraine is so America can look tough to China. Wow. This is so mind-bogglingly wrong-headed. And th this is uh, exactly what McConnell said. But it, but then when I went to look, boy, he's not alone. This is yet perhaps, you know, an, another uh, another one of these uh, narrative statements that you're fed and then you repeat. And it's so shockingly awful. <laughs> but it is actually said by these grownups who <laughs> profess to represent us. And they don't represent us. I don't think they represent the views of Americans at all on this. No, they represent the military, industrial, congressional, banker, warfare complex. We all know that. Professor Sachs, it's always a pleasure. Um, Great to be with you, you. You have an incredible ability just to keep speaking in a lucid and compelling way. Thank you for joining us. Have a great weekend. I hope you can, you come, back next, you can come back next week. Absolutely. Great to be Thank with you. you. There you have it. More as we get it. 4.30 today, Eastern. Ask the judge. Type in your question.
If it intrigues me, if I like it, I know there's going to be more questions than we have time for. I can only go for about half an hour because I have another broadcast to do at 510. Uh, I'll answer and I'll put your name up there or what you say your name is. We'll see you then. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.